from the world's greatest library of film classics, we proudly present Greta Garbo, John Barrymore, Joan Crawford, Wallace Beery, and Lionel Barrymore in Grand Hotel. But first, a word from our sponsor. If you smoke the modern way, don't be fooled by phony filter claims. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Listen, everybody, I want you all to be quiet. I've got Ben's college yearbook here, and I just want to read you some of the wonderful things about Ben. Hey, there's the award-winning yes. scholar. We're all very proud of you, Ben. How are you, track star? What are you going to do now? I was going to go upstairs for a minute. Oh, I meant with your future. Your life. Well, that's a little hard to say. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Have you gotten us a room yet? I haven't, no. Do you want to? I'll get undressed now. Is that all right? Sure. Shall I? I mean, shall I just stand here? I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. Why don't you watch? Oh, sure. Thank you. Mrs. Robinson, do you think we could say a few words to each other first this time? I don't think we have much to say to each other. Benjamin, are you having an affair with someone? I do think you should know the consequences of what you've done. I, I do think you should know that my wife and I are getting a divorce soon. What happened between Mrs. Robinson and me was nothing. It didn't mean anything. Well, that's not saying much for my wife. Point is, I don't love your wife. I love your daughter, sir. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? ask you a question and then I'm going. From oh, no. no. I want to know why you're here in Berkeley. Is it because I'm here? Well, look, I love you. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Will you marry me? Are we getting married tomorrow? Why don't you just drag me off if you want to marry me so much? You can't stop me from seeing her, Mrs. Robinson. I'll find her. Sorry we won't be able to invite you to the wedding, Benjamin, but the arrangements have been so rushed.
Hey, it is me, your old pal Will here. We are here in the studio. We, the royal we here, uh, are in the studio with uh, Tristy Taylor, host of Spilling Rubies here on Cato TF. Hi. And um, uh, often a uh, co-host here on the Mylomatic Movie of the Month. A happy, happy co-host. Yes. And uh, so uh, this week we're going to be talking about, or this month I should say, because we only do this once a month. <laughs> This month we're talking about uh, the 1967 film by Mike Nichols, The Graduate. Uh, pretty classic film, I would say, um, starring uh, Dustin Hoffman as um, Benjamin. What's their last name? Braddock, is it? I can't. Uh, oh. Ben Braddock, yeah. Ben Braddock. And then uh, Anne Bancroft, who was excellent as the titular, or well, not the titular, but Mrs. Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess actually Ben Braddock would be the titular graduate is what we're <laughs> Um, and then uh, also Catherine Ross, uh, who plays Mrs. Robinson's daughter, Elaine. Elaine! Elaine! <laughs> and uh, astute uh, Vinylomatic Movie of the Month listeners will recall that we talked about Catherine Ross a little bit uh, when we covered. What do we cover? Oh, um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Ooh, yeah. She was mighty fine in that and also pretty good in this one, too. Um, a little younger, a little more of an ingenue mm-hmm. in this film. Exactly. And uh, this is the uh, second film by Mike Nichols, who up until this point was pretty much known as a comedian, uh, excellent comedic partner with Elaine May. Um, his first film, his debut film was uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Mm-hmm. Another, Another fine fantastic one. film. Exactly. And if we're not all stardust by the time 2019 or 20 rolls around, It'll be the vinyl matic movie of the month. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, so. <laughs> nice. I do have the soundtrack. Super fans, take note. Exactly. Put it in your calendar. Pencil it in. <laughs> it's a W, so it's many years away. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're only in the G's right now. So. Your old pal Will loves the alphabet. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to start off with the, before we kind of dive into the, the plot line and what we kind of think about the movie, uh, Tristy, I would like to ask you, uh, if I remember correctly, you did, in fact, graduate from college. I sure did. Um, did you immediately jump into employment after that, or did you have a little bit of like a summer of, uh, summer of Ben, uh, <laughs> as it were? Oh, if only. <laughs> well, I kind, of, I kind of lived a life of the summer of Ben through my college years. <laughs> I, I was very um, experimental when it came to um, paramours. Right. And I, I, I kind of had a sort of um, desire to taste a variety <laughs> of what was out there and what was possible. And uh, actually, in, in high school, I was already dating. Well, <laughs> already you know. dating 30-year-olds. Hey. <laughs> that, uh... When you work at the Renaissance Fair and oh, you're yes, a real course. smart cookie, 30-year-old <laughs> men will seduce you quickly. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And if you're curious, you let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was consensual, everybody, and a long time ago. Because now I'm 106 years old. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I am a late bloomer. So. <laughs> but um, uh, and so did you? Did you uh, feel pressure from your parents also when you graduated high school to immediately find a job or get into graduate school, or was that just not something that? Uh... Um, no, my parents were not the pressuring kind. In fact, they were kind of the opposite. Um, they were sort of like, I don't know, do whatever <laughs> you want, just don't come back here. 
So, Fair enough. Uh, I, I actually was a very passionate radio person yes. from high school on, and I worked in my college radio station, so I actually did end up getting a job in radio, my dream job. That's, that's quite good. I, I was sort of on a similar path in that regard. I uh, took the five-year uh, path to getting out of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first two years, I had a lot of fun, or first year and a half, I had a lot of fun. I uh, had a social life, which I didn't really have before that. Uh, grades, not so awesome. So um, I had to kind of back it off and, and re-buckle down, as it were, buckle down to begin with, maybe. And it uh, was worth it, wasn't yeah, it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Uh, builds character. Um, but so then, but by the time I was graduating, I'd already done an internship in a gallery, and I had uh, a full-time position available to me after, right after I got out of school. Plus, also, I didn't really, I think I finished up my final credits over the summer, so theoretically, I was in the, you know, middle of the year graduating class, but I was already done. I never went back to school. I never did my graduation march or anything like that. See, you and I are very... <laughs> um, Responsible. And I don't know about a that. A tad workaholic, I might yeah. even say. Sure. So I feel that. At least nowadays. Yeah, we we were responsible kids even when we were being debaucherous. Yeah. and it is fun. Like I, I, I was not seduced by an older woman, sadly, that I can recall. <laughs> uh, but see, now I'm an older lady. No, that's true. That's what I was thinking about when I was watching the movie again. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, well, and so, and so the interesting thing, too, is like what I was doing, reading a little bit of background about how the film came about besides the novel background, which I didn't, I've never read. I probably will not oh, read. Oh, yeah. I, did, I totally forgot there was a novel, yeah. actually. Uh, but Mike Nichols was thinking more along, in the, as far as the casting thing, is more like the kind of French tradition of the, you know, the older women seducing, you know, coaching the young men in the ways of paramour. Uh, activities and ancient traditions yes yes um so and that was one of the reasons why he had trouble casting a lead for i guess at least initially for the graduate um the dustin hoffman benjamin character and bancroft uh, and bancroft he actually wanted to cast uh doris day of all people in the in the lead for that but of course uh, the required nudity did not float with Doris Day. Doris so. wasn't ready to flash her, <laughs> her beloved. It, it would it would destroy her pure image, I'm sure. Gosh, that's real fascinating to think about Doris Day and <laughs> that character as it's, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Can you imagine? I think it would be amazing. Yeah. But there there were actresses of that kind of era who were interested in doing it, but he settled on Anne Bancroft, which I think was an excellent choice. She's amazing. Yeah. Talk about a deadpan delivery that is still so brilliantly comedic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's hard to do. Oh, yeah. And just like, yeah, and be able to... All with a leopard like, print on it. Exactly. Any time she always has a Even if this is a real world scenario, just like keeping a straight face while oh Benjamin like bumbles his way through the entire relationship. His basically. comedic stuff, <laughs> like the bell, the hotel bell. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, come on. So, so let's get into the story. Let's do it. Yep, we start off with um, the graduate. Um, Graduating. Traveling back from the East Coast. Uh, we get a beautiful back in the day when maybe LAX was somewhere you wouldn't mind being. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> where you would just casually walk and look at the beautiful sky. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like the dump it is today. <laughs> <laughs> You don't hurry and step in someone's feces. Exactly. 
and so we get the opening credits coming through and the, you know, the Simon Garfunkel stuff queuing in. And this is 1960. Six, late 60s. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the film came out in 67. Presumably it was probably filmed in 67 too. Like the novel is from 64. So So current late 60s. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely the time, the, the time place is we'll find out as we get deeper uh, into the story is definitely uh, au courant as one might say. Um, the last gasp of the 50s, I would say. Last gasp, but also clashing with the kind of um, changes that were in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely the the parental set who we come to meet yes. very shortly. So Ben's parents, of course, want to congratulate him on his uh, excellent... Throw him uh, a party. Yeah, they throw him a party. He's <laughs> reluctant to come downstairs. So <laughs> well, we, there's we, no young people. Yeah, so we start <laughs> off with Ben and his aquarium... Uh, oh yeah, that scene is so beautiful. Yeah, and, and a little scuba diver dude in there, maybe see, you know. A theme throughout yep. the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could hear a little bit of something going on in the background. And so, of course, he gets dragged down to his own party, and uh, all of his parents' friends are excited for him and want to know where are Ben's friends. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Ben's friends aren't really relevant here. Mm-mm. This is uh, making the parents happy. Um, meet all sorts of his parents' friends and uh, the classic line of Benjamin uh, I have one word for you plastics <laughs> an iconic yes. movie quote these days uh, so yeah and so he's you know Ben wants to make a name for himself plastics is the place to go to uh, he's got uh, looking for ways out and he uh, catches the eye of a very interesting looking woman who uh She's that leopard print, baby. Yep, leopard print. <laughs> she's she's had it with the party so far, as Benjamin has as well. So she's asking Benjamin to take her home. How did they get back upstairs to his room? Oh, uh, did he decline the first time? All right, so anyway, but <laughs> so ben, ben escapes back up to his room, and then she uh, mistakes his room for the bathroom. Yes. And Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then proceeds to light her cigarette, uh, not realizing that the track star may have had uh, no smoking in his past. Uh, so uh, she makes him uncomfortable already. Like she's up there looking for the bathroom, and she wants to smoke, and she wants to go home. Uh, ben is concerned that uh, maybe. Uh, that's something for Mr. Robinson to take care of. <laughs> Another theme of the film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, indeed, Mrs. Robinson wants Ben to take her you home. Bet she does. And so, uh, oh, as, an, as as a last gasp kind of ditch effort to make help Mrs. Robinson have her own agency in life, uh, Ben tosses the uh, keys to her and uh, saying that he can get the car back from her at some future date, but. Uh, she declines and chucks the keys to go straight into the aquarium. Ben has to fish them out. <laughs> Already making Ben work and sweat for things. Yes, and it, dive into water. Yep. So Ben uh, hops into, uh, I think it's Alfa Romeo, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was uh, a younger person who knew my cars, I could tell you more. Uh, but so they zip over to her place, and uh, Benjamin, of course, thinks, well, that's that. She's here. No, uh, Mrs. Robinson wants to been to come into the house with her because she doesn't like going into a dark house and uh, once she turns on the lights Benjamin thinks oh that's good enough I can go now nope <laughs> needs to take her back to the sunroom 
as one does. Yes, as one does. And uh, asks Benjamin, uh, she doesn't like to enter a dark house alone. That's what she says. And then um, asks him if he wants a bourbon or a scotch. And he says bourbon. She pours him a scotch. (laughs) She pours herself a scotch. (laughs) Thus proving that whatever he answers doesn't matter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so she lights herself up a cigarette and makes herself comfortable. Ben is kind of circling around and looking to get himself comfortable in some way or another, but also kind of like trying to make an excuse to make a break for the door. In that perfect Dustin Hoffman comedic way. Yes. Like, what physical comedy that man has. Mm-hmm. And, um, so sure enough, uh, gets so comfortable that she, uh, reveals that she's wearing some nice stockings, uh, that Benjamin is thinking that maybe, uh, she, Mrs. Robinson is a little bit more more interested in in, in more than just uh, keeping her keeping her company until Mr. Robinson gets back. Exactly. <laughs> he won't be back till very late. Exactly. So yeah, you know. uh, and then for some reason she uh, thinks that maybe they should go up and check out Elaine's room up at the top of the stairs. <laughs> we see a beautiful portrait of Elaine uh, oh, hanging. Yeah? In the- <laughs> oh yeah, that's an amazing painting. And so uh, she, ben, Benjamin is busy admiring the paint, the portrait of Elaine. And um, Mrs. Robinson is making herself comfortable and uh, is then asks Benjamin to unzip her dress. <laughs> One could say this was a how-to documentary on how to seduce a young, naive yes. man. Yes. I think all of these tactics would still work. Not that I know from experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, Just I th- replace the scotch with a bong. Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah, how would, uh, would, I guess the, yeah, ask if he wants a sativa versus an indica. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then she make, oh no, so then they kiss. That, that's the excellent scene where he awkwardly kisses her after she's just taking a drag of her cigarette. Yes. <laughs> yes, and she blows it out. And, uh, can, and we can't tell if she's disinterested, but then you realize that she's still holding in the smoke, and that's why she's looking uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> One of many strange missteps that our dear Benjamin makes that yes. she, Mrs. Robinson, just handles because she's got her eyes on the prize, and she's going to navigate this bumbling fool to get what she needs. Exactly. So then she... Benjamin thinks this isn't going to, go, going to be a good idea. He's going to have to go. So they make their way to exit the bedroom, and she makes her way to her bedroom. And as Benjamin is going downstairs, Mrs. Robinson asks, could you just do... By the way, anybody who's not seen this yet, sorry, spoilers galore here going on. <laughs> but it's a 1967 film, so if you haven't seen it already... Uh, I asked the... Tw- pause right here and then come back to it, Okay. <laughs> I asked the 20-somethings I lift weights with, and they had both seen it. So oh, yeah, there you go. So. I think everyone's seen this one. Mm-hmm. But it's especially relevant when you're kind of that age, too. Well, and yeah. obviously when you're our, our advanced age, it also becomes relevant in a weird well, way. Well, I think I hadn't seen the film since I was in my 20s. Oh, yeah. So it was very strange to all of a sudden be like, oh, I don't identify with Benjamin anymore. I identify with Mrs. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> I watch it fairly frequently because I really enjoy the kind of the, the visual. Uh, oh, aesthetic. the visuals are just yeah. stunning. Uh, and the flow. But uh, so, yes, so as 
Mrs. Robinson makes like she's fine letting Benjamin go, but asks if she could, he would bring her purse back upstairs for him. Because she can't do that herself. Exactly, yep. So he goes to retrieve this, and he was just going to leave it at the top of the stairs. But no, uh, she asks him to leave it in, uh, in Elaine's room. So he goes to leave it in the room, and click. The bedroom door is closed. Mrs. Robinson is inside the bedroom. Uh... Sans habit, is that what the phrase is? Wait, wait, she's naked. <laughs> ben is trying very hard to maintain eye contact. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the tan line. Yeah, the tan line. That's just like the briefest, you know, subliminal flashes of boob. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah. uh, taste, tastefully done, as I guess, as those things go. Very soft core. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, things but get very... But risque for the time. Yep, and then coincidentally, that is the time that Mr. Robinson... <laughs> makes his appearance we hear him entering in the hallway downstairs so of course benjamin or i think we hear him pull in and put his parking brake on or something but so anyway benjamin frantically runs downstairs uh mrs Looking robinson very guilty eases out of the picture and um mr robinson rolls in with his golf clubs he's uh happy to see ben glad he was able to bring mrs robinson back home from the party <laughs> and uh Offers Benjamin a drink, asks him if he wants a drink, scotch or bourbon. Benjamin says bourbon, he gets a scotch again. <laughs> and uh, and amazingly, they have like, no one's been home for hours, presumably, with this house, yet there's still ice in the ice bucket, which I find amazing. <laughs> they obviously had much more advanced ice bucket technology than we do today, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe there's a servant somewhere lurking around. Yep, that, that could be there. That was a thing in the '60s. Still, yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, Mr. Uh, Robinson and Benjamin have a very awkward conversation, and Benjamin is finally able to make his way uh, out. And uh, we cut to uh, the next morning, presumably. Or mm -hmm. it must be. Or yeah, it must be. And so. Uh, Ben's dad is uh, preparing a grand entrance for his son out to the pool party. I think that's the correct order. Right. That sounds right. And um, sure enough, out comes Ben wearing a full uh, scuba suit. <laughs> complete with um, a spear gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Making his way as we see from Ben's POV through the mask. Oh, so brilliant. Yeah, cutting out the audio, great, some, one of the many great audio tricks going on yes, in the film. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, makes his way to the pool and submerges himself and cuts out the entire focusing on Ben thing. We find him. Uh, now, do you think that he's a true deep introvert or he just doesn't like attention? I think he doesn't like attention, and I think he doesn't like the fact that he is uh, supposed to be making something of his life, and... Oh, the pressure. The pressure yeah, of being I, a graduate. I think so. That, that was my take on it. Maybe I'm, you know... No, that makes pro sense. Projecting onto it. Uh-huh. Uh, and he would just kind of rather be left to his own devices, which eventually he does get to do that. Yes. And, um... Do... do, do. So sure enough, things progress, and despite Benjamin saying that he wasn't interested in having an affair with Mrs. Robinson, he gives Mrs. Robinson a call and 
takes her up on her offer. She suggests the Taft Hotel. <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, Benjamin makes his gets gets all you know nicely dressed blazer. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. tie, nice shirt. What mm-hmm. one would wear to a tryst? Yes, exactly. You know, you're looking good for your lady friend. Uh, and is awkward about uh, checking in, so he uh, the, uh, the the bellman the the receptionist uh, played by Buck Henry, co- uh, writer oh, of the screenplay. Oh, I didn't recognize him. Yes, uh, and frequent, fairly frequently collaborated with Mike Nichols. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't have the soundtrack for this, but um, the uh, Buck Henry also appears in the Mike Nichols film uh, Catch Twenty Two as uh, the uh, uh, difficult. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Corn in that <laughs> film. Um, he uh, suggested maybe he's there for the Singleman uh, Bar Mitzvah, I think is what's going on there. <laughs> Singleman. <laughs> the Singleman uh, Bar Mitzvah. And um, he uh, he heads over there and um, the Singlemans are happy to uh, get him into the party, but then Benjamin gets cold feet about that one too. <laughs> uh, but Mrs. Singleman um, played by the actress who has name, I can't remember, but uh, perhaps better known to us um, uh, syndicated television nerds as uh, Esmeralda from uh, Bewitched, oh. the bumbling babysitter oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. Uh, Samantha. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Benjamin makes his way over there and goes to the bar. Uh, and then we... S- oh, uh, Mrs. Robinson shows up. Cool as a cucumber. Yep, cool as a cucumber, wearing more animal prints. Yes, so good. And you can tell this is not her first rodeo. No, definitely not. Mrs. Ro- I think Mr. Robinson is probably more interested in golf <laughs> and uh, perhaps in his business with Mr. Braddock uh, than he is in uh, the attentions of his wife and probably has something going on on the side. But, you know, one doesn't talk about that. That's not polite conversation. Uh, so anyway... Um, uh, guilts Benjamin into getting a room. So well, she's kind of like, "Hey, this is your job. You're yeah, the man. exactly. She, you she, get the room. Yeah, exactly." And uh, so he goes back to Buck Henry, the receptionist, and uh, starts to fill out the card, and then realizes <laughs> he should probably not be writing his own name for whatever reason. I mean, who cares really? But uh, you know, casting aspersions upon uh, on guests is maybe what hotel receptionists did at the time. <laughs> <clears throat> But uh, clearly, uh, the receptionist doesn't care about that. <laughs> but awesome comedic timing with his stopping and folding the... And trying and putting it yep. in the coat and the pockets. And then uh, saying that he doesn't have any luggage. He just has his... Uh, he, toothbrush. Luggage is fine in his car. He's just going to go get his toothbrush. <laughs> and then comes back and reminds the receptionist that he Got has it. his toothbrush. Got it. Everything is fine. He'll proceed up to his room. <laughs> and he has a little yawn. Woo. Yes. And you can then, see it's still uh, light outside. Exactly. <laughs> Cut to the bar where uh, Mrs. Robinson uh, receives the courtesy telephone. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I miss courtesy telephones. <laughs> it's so special when someone would call you back then. Yes. And you were like, like that happened to me at a restaurant once. And they were like, you have a call. And I was like, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Miss Taylor important. to the white courtesy phone, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never have that again. No. <laughs> People just angrily glare at you while your cell phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, not it's no longer same. a prestige item. It doesn't feel <laughs> special anymore. Um, yeah, and it turns out it's Benjamin calling from the lobby payphone. <laughs> Being very covert. Yes. 
And then uh, they make the arrangements, and then Mrs. Ramos is like, Benjamin, isn't there something you want to tell me? And so, of course, he Benjamin thinks, like, oh, I should probably tell her I like her a lot, and I'm grateful for this. <laughs> It's like, no, the room number. <laughs> so Benjamin is very clearly the amateur here. Now, there's a lot of debate about whether or not Benjamin was a virgin. Yeah. My, uh, my guess... Well, so obviously he's... This is his first time with a An female... An lady. Who, well, a female who is sure of her sexuality and sure of what she wants. Yes, definitely. Like, as far as awkward kissing groping in the back of a car. He's totally knows. done that, I think. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. Uh, and as we'll discover kind of later on in the fraternity uh, scene, we'll you know, get a better idea of what college gentlemen are more known for. Mm. Um, but, uh, so sure enough, the, the consummation of the seduction happens upstairs. Uh, Benjamin doesn't quite know what to do, so... Uh, Mrs. Robinson suggests that he just watch her undress. <laughs> she uh, she takes off her top and Benjamin immediately grabs her breast <laughs> over the bra. Not awkward at all. And just holds it. Yes. <laughs> no, like, stroke. Which, you know, you know, 16-year-old <laughs> me would have been like, yeah, that's exactly what you do. <laughs> just hold on real tight. Yep, exactly. Well, even, you know, probably 21-year-old me would have been doing the same thing. But... Um, <laughs> So sure enough, uh, that's what happens. <laughs> Things progress. And so we kind of, uh, this develops into something that is obviously happening several nights a week, if not more. And uh, Benjamin is still not deciding about what he's going to be doing with the rest of his life. So his father is starting to put more pressure on him. And uh, turns out uh, Mr. and Mrs. Robinson's daughter, Elaine, is coming back down from Berkeley. And maybe Benjamin should uh, ask her to step out, which, of course... Go courting. Benjamin freaks out a little bit about this, but, uh, you know, doesn't let his parents know, just tries to... He's not good with pressure, Not good with pressure, but, of course, the pressure builds up, and he has to take her out, so... Uh, that We're going to take a quick break here and uh, cut to a track that we actually hear while they're out on a date. Perfect. Um, and uh, we'll be back momentarily. a tendency to dump on you Does your group have more cavities than theirs? Do all the hippies seem to get the job on you? Do you sleep alone when others sleep in pairs? Well there's no need to complain We'll eliminate your pain We can neutralize your brain You feel just fine Bright green Pleasure machine Two figures of authority Just shoot you down Is life within the business world a drag? Did your boss just mention That you'd better shop around To find yourself a more productive bag? Are you worried and distressed? Can't seem to get no rest Put our product to the test You feel just fine Buy a bright green 
And we're back. We're going to do a quick, another quick sidebar here uh, as I adjust the... Um, uh, have you <laughs> ever been on a date that you intentionally tried to tank? Intentionally tried to tank? With, for what outcome? What do you mean by that? Well, so the next thing that happens is Ben takes Elaine out. He clearly does not want to, like, be interested in Elaine because he doesn't want to piss off Mrs. Robinson or just does, does not want the whole awkwardness of like having an affair with the mother and dating the daughter. Obviously that would be super weird. <laughs> <laughs> so he he brings her to a strip club. He is a total ass to her. Uh, makes her cry. Yeah. He eventually has a change of heart and things go better but so like so that would imply that I was forced to go on a date with someone against my will. I guess, yeah, that was like, I don't think you would voluntarily go on a date. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've gone on dates where I've realized, uh-oh. You've made a horrible <laughs> this mistake. Is not a good idea. <laughs> and then I just get out. I do what I need to get out. I don't do any sort of, you know, shuck and jive to like tank it. Right, yeah. Have you? No, I have not. I've gone on dates that have gotten horribly awry <laughs> and like tried to be a good sport and stick with it for as long as yeah, possible. I kind of sported out a little. Yep. Um, in fact, I can think of one in particular where we ended up going to see some weird uh, film that's had Dwight Yoakam in it, which I'm a big Dwight Yoakam fan, so... Oh. Uh, but it was a, not a very good film and a very kind of awkward date film. So uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> it ended abruptly right after that. So you might uh, have accidentally tanked it. Yeah, that could very well be. Um, but so, yeah, I, I have never been like, well, I've never been forced to go on it. Well, I guess I have been forced to on a, to a, to a like date. Like a double date kind of I thing? have been forced to go on like a double date. Like I had to go to a high school prom after I'd been out of high school. But like, <gasps> oh, no, um, my friend had been dating a woman who was still in high school and they, she had a friend who didn't have a date for the prompts. I'm like, oh. How much older were you? I was only like a year older. But, okay. Uh, but still, that's yeah. weird. And, and, the, and my my blind, my double date or whatever was not super keen to have me as her dating Oh, license. no. So, yeah. <laughs> no, did you bring her a corsage? I did bring her a corsage. I was a terrible dancer and uh, <laughs> it was, uh, did not go well at all entirely blocked from my memory until this very painful <laughs> moment. Uh, <laughs> Live on the air. Painful <laughs> moments. But anywho, uh, so yeah, so Benjamin brings Elaine on, uh, Elaine on a date now, and they go to a strip club. Uh, even, and um, the, even the, the performer up on stage uh, maybe realizes that Elaine is a very awkward situation and comes and does the tassel trick right over Elaine's head and <laughs> feel terrible for Elaine there. But dazzled by the tassel trick. Oh, exactly. Trick. Yeah, there's a, that is not a skill that I have. I can tell you that much. Um, so 
she makes a beeline out of the out of the joint. Benjamin and, follows her. And there's some there's such a dichotomy of seediness and innocence. Yep. In and so they're film. they're they're on the sunset strip, and so that's this is where I this is definitely like era 67, 66, 67 is like when they had the whole ride on the sunset strip kind of thing. And <laughs> cops are trying to crack down on the crazy kids and. Uh, coincidentally, if you ever watched the uh, the family documentary, um, the Source family documentary, oh yeah, uh, that's when the Source family kind of got their uh, lift off too, with all the kids coming to the Sunset Strip. And, oh yeah, that's how any cult dad. grows. Yep, exactly. But we <laughs> uh, that, that's kids. a story for another time. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll have to do a special. Uh, oh, man, maybe I'll start finding uh, vinyl of the Source family too, which I know is out there Ooh, at least yeah. on Drag City. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll pencil that in for 2021. Maybe. <laughs> Hold on to your boots. <laughs> we'll make it. But so uh, Benjamin feels bad. So he tries to save the date and they go to a burger joint and they actually kind of start connecting and Benjamin realizes that maybe Elaine is kind of a cool person after all. And uh, saves the day and then decides to have a follow-up date. So he picks up some burgers and brings them around to pick up Elaine but it's raining outside, and who comes to the door, or to the door of the car? Not Elaine, but Mrs. Robinson. And you know, I don't think we ever know Mrs. Robinson's name in this whole film. She's just Mrs. Robinson. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I um, love that. Because she is Mrs. Robinson. You can't call her by her first name. Yep. That's not going to work. So uh, Mrs. Robinson uh, makes Ben take her for a spin around the block and drops the ultimatum. it's raining. And, yeah. Drops the ultimatum on Benjamin that uh, no daughter, only Mrs. Robinson. Only mama. Exactly, but uh, Benjamin is not having it. Leaves his car parked on <laughs> halfway around the other block. Runs. This is not the first time we will see, or the only time we'll see Benjamin running in this film, but uh-huh. runs back to the house and decides... Getting wet. Getting wet, and that the only way he's going to nip the situation in the bud is be uh, forthright and direct with Elaine... Which turns out not to be the best idea. Uh, yeah, how how do you handle a situation <laughs> like that? I mean, he really was between a rock and a hard place yeah. at that point. Uh, I, I think, you know, he maybe could have made the effort to, like, just keep it both things going as long as possible. Oh, but is that what you would do? <laughs> <laughs> This, well, is this a window? Twenty-one-year-old uh, me probably actually would try to do that. Yes, because twenty-one-year-old me had, had just happened to have sex for the first time around that time. So I was like, I like to do more of this with many exactly, other people. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Simultaneously. Exactly. But so um, uh, Elaine gets upset and uh, she ends up going back up to Berkeley. Wants nothing to do with Benjamin. Uh, and I get the feeling that Mrs. Robinson doesn't really want anything to do with. Oh no! They do continue, and they have uh, at least one more tryst in the in the Taft Hotel. She just she always just kind of has disdain for him, even yeah. though she wants to. Well, constantly... clearly, I mean, he's he's an, a, a means to an end for yes. her. So yes. And, and I love she's... that like he's not some stud, you know. No. I mean, even for 1960s, you know idealizations he's yeah. not a stud no I mean he's, I he's kind that. of buff because he's theoretically a, a an athlete guy. yeah yeah but he's, but not he's like... still a short yeah. you know big nose guy mm-hmm. who's a kind of schlumpy and, and silly in his mannerisms yeah. like he's not some I'm, I'm pretty God. sure like Mrs. Robinson probably chose him because 
because she can she make can him do whatever. Him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, and so they have an awkward fi- kind of final fling in bed and the means to an end wants to have a conversation which Mrs. Robinson wants none of wants to maybe talk about art she shuts him down right then but then we find out that she was an arts major once upon a time until she and Mr. Robinson had some fun in the back of a Ford and uh, along came future Elaine Uh, and the end of a woman's career yep exactly and now we know why maybe Mrs. Robinson is more interested in uh, picking up where she left off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Sowing some oats that got left behind. Exactly, yep. Uh, so then uh, Benjamin uh, decides that he's going to marry Elaine because he's young and stupid. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of falls along the line of like the pressure and yep. I'm going to have a career even though he doesn't want a career and it seems to be the only solution. Yes. Like the only way to be with her is to commit to her in this 1960s way of yeah, marriage. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. that's what you do when you're a fine young person getting out of college is you get a job, you get married. Start off. the family. Exactly. Start the whole situation over again. So he uh, lands himself uh, in a boarding house in Berkeley uh, we get a beautiful shot of the Bay Bridge. Yes. Sad old Bay Bridge that's no longer existing. Uh, well, actually, no, that part of it still exists. It's the other part that doesn't exist. Is that right? I can't remember now. It's been so long since I've taken it. Isn't that a brand new bridge? Well, there's that new expansion between the <laughs> Anyway. We're Sonoma <laughs> County people. I know. We don't We're get out of the uh, county attention. much. Um, yeah, so if he, he uh, goes to stay at a, a boarding house for gentlemen run by Mr. Roper, Norman uh, Fell. Yeah. Uh, who also appears uh, in Catch-22, <laughs> remarkably oh, enough, as uh, Major Major's assistant, uh, Sergeant... Uh, I'm blanking on what the sergeant's name is. Uh, but anyway, um, seems to be happy to have Benjamin in his boarding house at the moment, at least. And Benjamin goes about to uh, goes about uh, stalking Elaine on the campus of Berkeley. And she's doesn't even know he's there at first. Like, he yeah. didn't tell her. He just shows up. Yep. And, and remarkably, uh, I mean, I've been to the Berkeley campus. I can't say that, like, if I was looking for a single one person that I knew was going to be there, I would ever be able to find them at any no, point. No, that campus is vast. Yeah, but uh, sure enough, Elaine walks out of uh, the main building there, and <laughs> uh, Benjamin tails her, and uh, she gets on a bus going somewhere, and we see Benjamin uh, chasing after her, and having an awkward conversation on the bus about how he happens to be in Berkeley. Uh, and um, Elaine is kind of having none of it. Um, she wants to know his intention. Yeah, she wants to know his intention. So they, they she accompanies, he accompanies her to the zoo. We get some awesome primate shots. Mm-hmm. And then we get to meet her, her, her creepy financier uh, Chad or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Who is the golden god? Yeah, the golden god. Uh, exactly, uh, exactly what you expect of a sorority girl to be dating a sorority boy, or a fraternity a boy. Good career already yes. planned out for him. Exactly, dresses sharp for the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sport coat always. Yep. But so Benjamin try still continues to try to do his best to to uh, get Elaine to marry her, and. Um, 
Let me check my notes here, because I can't remember if... Uh... Check the cliff notes. Yeah. Because so, so I'm, try I'm trying to figure out... Oh, so I think after his unsuccessful wooing, she comes back to his place at the... His boarding house. His boarding house. Yeah, she does. And, uh... And yells at him. Yells at him, yeah, that's right. So and it's so, like, why are you here? Did you come here just yeah. for me? And so he tries to lay it out for her, and then she screams, and of course that attracts... Mr. Roper comes back up along with some of the uh, other uh, gentlemen of the boarding house, one of whom happens to be a very young Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, totally. Um, and he's not happy. He wants troublemakers like him out of here. No drama in the SEO. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, SRO. SRO, <laughs> yes, exactly. The SRO. And um, everything is all right. And then. Um, P. Elaine kind of works something out and maybe it's going to go well. And then uh, Ben comes back to his place and he's got a present for Elaine and some flowers. Who is sitting in his flop room house but Mr. Robinson smoking a cigar. And he's found out. Yep. Now, how did he find out? Mrs. Uh, Robinson obviously found out that he was up there courting Elaine and so told she Mr. Robinson to sabotage that it. Benjamin. Just uh, how she put a stop to it. She revealed. Tells the, Mr. Robinson that uh, the infidelity. he was raped by Benjamin, and uh, so uh, Mr. Robinson reads Benjamin the riot act and never to see Elaine again. Uh, and uh, that's how you responded to rape back then. Yes, exactly. You didn't call the cops. You just gave a stern talking to. Sad, and sadly, I think that may continue yeah. <laughs> to a degree this, this day. Mm -hmm. um, not something the polite people talk about. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever crazy reason. But uh, propriety. Propriety, that's what we need. Um, so Benjamin tries to go get Elaine. And uh, Benjamin's... Or Elaine's roommate, played by... Um, Elaine May oh. uh, gives Benjamin the note uh, explaining uh, to Benjamin what happened as she has left the sorority house. Uh, and so he goes to... Oh, so he finds out that... How does that work? Checking my notes again. <laughs> so. In front of the cliff notes. Ask your tiny robot assistant. That's very close. It's giving you a printout right now. Oh, yes, that's right. So, um, yes, my uh, my friendly robot assistant uh, <laughs> reminded me that um, Elaine has dropped out of school. So Benjamin frantically drives all the way back down to Pasadena and tries to go to the Robinson house, but there's only Mrs. Robinson there. I think he actually kind of breaks into the Robinson house, too, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. All right. There's on top a lot of, cre of stalker Creepy activity. on top of creepy on top of creepy. But uh, Mrs. Robinson is there, cool as a cucumber, uh, packing away her own stuff. Smoking. Smoking. Wearing and, leopard print. And um, calmly cool, calls the police while she informs Benjamin <laughs> <laughs> that... Uh, Which is how it's done. Yes, is uh, Elaine is uh, not there and is going to be getting married in Santa Barbara. 
Like the next day. Yeah, like the next day, so... Fastest marriage ever. Yep. Uh, Benjamin flees all the way back to Berkeley. (laughs) uh, And perhaps even to escape the uh, lie of uh, Johnny Law, I don't know. But uh, goes to Fraternity House to find out where uh, Elaine's fiancé is. He and uh, Charles or Chad, where the hell his name is, getting married. And so the... uh, find out that Charles is the makeout king of whatever the hell fraternity that uh, they're in and that they're getting married at a certain church. In, uh, and you know they meant way more than making out. Right. It was the 60s. Yep, exactly. Or no, I think... So anyway, they know that they're getting married in uh, Santa Barbara. And so Benjamin tears down to Santa Barbara and... Uh, Probably high on Benny's at Exactly, this point. yep. And so then uh, trying to figure out where exactly they're getting married jump goes into the gas station and uh, uh, calls Mr. Robinson's <laughs> answering service uh, as Mr. Robinson's answering chaplain services. brother and uh, finds out where exactly they're going to be holding the thing and uh, runs out of the... Uh, postmodern church. Yep, exactly. Runs out of the gas station uh, and says he doesn't need gas and of course his car runs out of gas and has to run to the chapel. And, he's a uh, track star, so it's okay. Exactly. We get to see uh, Justin Hoffman's excellent running form, <laughs> which uh, also, uh, Heidi, reminded me as we were watching this that uh, Dustin Hoffman was in Marathon Man. Oh, yeah. Doing more running. So. Uh, obviously something that maybe is in uh, his uh, his actor's portfolio as a yes. long-distance runner. A and, tiny track star. Yep. Uh, Benjamin ends up disrupting the service somehow, is not able to get in the main doors of the church, but is able to get upstairs. Well, it seems like... I don't know he... why you would lock the doors for a church ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like he wanted to get a bird's eye view or like really like yeah. see the whole scenario. Like, is it really happening? And then... <laughs> and so he disrupts the a wedding. very dramatic moment. And... and Elaine thinks, yes, this is the right thing to do. I am leaving my fiancé at the altar. And what do you think changes her mind? The dramatic calling of I, her I name? I think she likes the drama. And like yeah. obviously, Benjamin is way more dramatic than Chad or Charles. And or the makeout king. Exactly. The makeout king is ever going to be. And weirdly, Mrs. Robinson stops Mr. Robinson, at least initially, from basically killing Benjamin. Uh, and so then... Uh, he goes and well actually there's that great scene so he's like Elaine yes and she looks around and she sees and there's like no sound but everyone all these people in her life are like like (laughs) making these monster faces including her fiance and I think she was like I'm surrounded by monster faces oh yeah so I think she realizes she's totally being forced into this thing I want to be with this passionate yeah or at least I want to do something that I want to do yeah. and this passionate person I want to do this mm-hmm. and so he fends off Benjamin fends off the whole wedding party with a oh, cross yeah, really? I don't think kind of a right. reminiscent of like Hammer House of Horror uh, Christopher Lee film yeah uh, and uh, jams the cross into the uh, crossbars of the he church so they can get away the yeah. yep. and uh, they make their way onto the Santa Barbara municipal bus <laughs> get all the way to the back and they're grinning and smiling and they're taking off and then over about a minute they kind of realize that 
what the hell have they just done and what are they going to do now? But that's where we leave the film. So brilliant to keep it going. Just those few extra minutes. It changes the whole film. Yeah. Like if it had ended with them happy, it would be a completely different film. And I remember the first time seeing it and being so blown away that just like one minute, the last minute of footage of a movie could completely change the whole film and how yeah. I felt about it. And, and that's and I think that's the, the, the first point in that whole sequence of events where both Benjamin and Elaine kind of finally realize that this is what real life is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. you have to address this, you know, like... Right. You, it's not something you just keep putting off or pretending it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And happily ever after is reality sets ever in. Ever after, like <laughs> the whole rest of your life. Um, and supposedly there's a sequel to the book, which I don't—I think it's called Homeschool or something like that. So oh. I don't know if that continues the story of Benjamin and Elaine. I'd be interested to find out uh, at least what the book is about. I'll read the Wikipedia entry on the book. I don't know if I'll actually seek out. <laughs> Ask your robot assistant what exactly. it's about. <laughs> we should put him on mic sometime. He's such a cutie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you for joining me this evening. Yeah, we did it. That was an excellent uh, film to discuss. I think you may actually be interested in joining me for my next film, too. Oh, yeah, what we'll is it? We'll be discussing. Uh, you'll be finding out shortly after I complete my mic break here uh, with a preview of what's going to be happening for... <gasps> I love previews. ...the next uh, Vinylomatic Movie of the Month, which will, of course, be the first Wednesday in June. Of course. Uh, and you can always catch Tristy on Spilling Rubies every Tuesday at... 8 p.m. here on the fun 88.1 K2TF Bodega Bay K2TF.net on the internet. I would like to remind you that K2TF is listener supported. We are an all volunteer nonprofit radio station. We rely on your support. We need it. Yep. But we're also grateful to the Stan Roy Music Center as well as a grant from the Redwood Justice Fund and a grant from our friends at the Lagunitas Brewing Company. Hooray! So awesome. All right, uh, join me next week as we'll continue our journey through singles. Begin with letter C. My favorite letter. It's a very good one. There are more. There are more things beginning with letter C than you would actually realize, which is you know why the uh, World Book Encyclopedia is kind of broken up into two C volumes. Wow. Go figure. All right, here's a preview of what we got coming up next month on Final Omatic Movie of the Month. <laughs> John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Grease, the Broadway smash that made theatrical history by becoming one of the longest-running musical comedies of all time, breaks loose on the motion picture screen. The sensational star of Saturday Night Fever ignites the screen in Greece. And he does it all with Olivia Newton John in her motion picture debut. I'm a leper.
the hickey from Kaniki is like a Hallmark card. You pig. I love it when you talk dirty. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John explode across the motion picture screen in Greece. The movie filled with more song, more dance, more of everything that makes a great musical unforgettable. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John together for the first time in Greece. And now, Grand Hotel, starring Greta Garbo, John Barrymore, Joan Crawford, Wallace Berry, and Lionel Barrymore. But first, a word from our alternate sponsor. Friends, do you have wobbly dentures? <laughs>